Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. And so I like to ask the question, how many disciples are you making at the end of this year? When, in the next three months, how many people will you lead to Christ? If you and I aren't leading people to Christ in the next three months, do you think that's because God isn't doing it or doesn't want to? No, I think it has something to do with our need to surrender and just to walk with him. How are we to do that? Where can we get started? Let's talk about that today. Heavenly Father, would you guide my words? May your words speak more powerfully um, because we've offered it to you in prayer. We seek you to speak to us right now. Through Christ I pray. Amen. I think one of the things that, one of the struggles that we have when it comes to going and making disciples is that whole question of who. Who would God have me reach? Who would God have me talk to? How can I? I really want to, but it's not happening. Why, why is it not happening? Um, think about where we are right now in terms of the world and the church. And yeah, things could be better, but going better for the church. But think of how Christ, where Christianity began with a small group of people in backwoods, Palestine to now it is a faith that has literally changed the world. How do we get from there to here? Maybe going all the way back can give us some encouragement about how we can move forward. Part of the reason I love John chapter one is it gives us a good picture of where it all began. So John one verse 35 begins, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples. Now, this John is John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the, the cousin of Jesus who went before Jesus to, um, to, to prepare the way. And so John has had some disciples following him. And so the next day after the, th- the previous things that had happened, John's standing with his two disciples and he looks and Jesus, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. So he points, with, to, talks to his disciples, he says, he points to Jesus and says, look, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. I love that picture. John had them to follow him so John could encourage them to follow Jesus. That was the whole point. And Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And Jesus said, come and you will see. Then they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him for that day for it was about the 10th hour. So how does the invitation begin? First of all, John points at Jesus and then Jesus says, come and see. Jesus doesn't say immediately come and die. He doesn't immediately say come and go. He immediately says come and and see. Come explore for yourself. One of the two heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. So one of the two of John's followers, disciples, was Andrew. And verse 41 says he first found Uh, his own brother, Simon, and he said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. And he brought Simon 
to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter or rock or stone, which, you know, probably Peter's more, at this point in his life, better known as a stonehead than he is as somebody who's a solid rock. But anyway, again, see the progression. John has, in obedience to God, been been making disciples to lead to Jesus. Jesus shows up and John points. That's who you want to follow. Andrew begins to follow Jesus. And what's the first thing Andrew does? He goes to his brother, Simon Peter. Can you imagine Christianity without Simon Peter? I mean, where would we be? He's the first who... Whose, whose sermon is recorded on the first day of the church, the day of Pentecost. He is the, the, the first half of the book of Acts basically follows Simon Peter's life. Today we recognize Simon Peter as, uh, as one of the key apostles of Jesus. He would become one of the close threes, three of, of, of Jesus. Um, Peter, James, and John. Isn't it kind of interesting? Andrew wouldn't be in that inner circle of the three, he would bring Simon, his brother, but Simon would actually be closer to Jesus. That would kind of outdo Andrew in some ways. But how did it all begin? It began with some simple invitations, making disciples and invitation. Hey, let me introduce you to Jesus. The next day... Jesus decided to go to Galilee. Oh, by the way, you can anticipate the question that I'm going to ask is, so who's your Simon Peter? Who's your Andrew? Who's going to bring a Simon Peter? Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. Wouldn't you love to be the one who would bring Simon Peter to Jesus? God wants you to. That's the command. That's the calling. So the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found... So this all took place initially, probably in the southern area of, it's kind of the southern region of, of, um, of the Jordan River. And they've made their journey all the way up north now to Galilee. And Jesus found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also uh, the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip just said to him, come and see. Um, Notice... Again, sometimes people come to Jesus because they have a brother, Andrew, who cares about a brother and who's willing to take the risk, say, hey, hey, Simon, I have to introduce you to this guy. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Sometimes Jesus directly calls, as happened with Philip. And that happens in the church all the time. We see people who will just kind of show up. They'll come on Sunday morning. They'll, um, they'll, they'll experience God. There's something that's going on in their lives. And so there's sort of this direct that God reaches, that God is directly reaching to people. 
I'm, I think that one of the challenges in the church is that we've become very reliant on Jesus alone being the one saying to people, come and see, come and see, come and see. And we miss the opportunity. We miss the point that of the three of the three stories told in these first two stories, two of the three are actually friends telling friends or brothers telling brothers. So in other words, how could the church see greater impact in our world today if rather than just waiting for people to come to Jesus because we expect them to come to us, we would be more like Andrew, we would be more like Philip, and we would go and give the simple invitation. You've got to meet this man. You've got to know this Jesus. And so, you know, after after um, Nathaniel has this kind of snide remark, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nazareth, Nazareth is kind of this backwater town in, in Galilee. Jesus then saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. So you may be critical for Nathanael and his, and his sharp tongue, but you have, to you have to respect the fact that he's just honest. He's bold, maybe a little abrasive, but he is honest, and that's why he's being abrasive. He's just saying what, he's, what, what, he, what he really believes. Nathanael, um, so Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered him, well, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered him, because I have said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Now, I love this passage for so many reasons. It gives us a wonderful picture of what it looks like. That's how the church began. How did we get to where we are today with the church having changed the worlds and dramatically at many points in history? It didn't begin with a huge evangelistic crusade. It began with John saying to two of his disciples, that's Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God. It began with Philip coming to know Jesus and saying to his friend, you've got to meet this man. Come and see. Um, and then it began, of course, with Andrew saying to his brother, come and see. All of this. So be encouraged by the fact that where we are today, with the great impact the church Christianity has had, it began with humble invitations from unimpressive people simply saying, come and see, simply inviting, this is the man the world's been waiting for. This is the Son of God, the Savior. And so how do we have world impact today? I know that we feel kind of weak. It's like, man, the world has fallen apart and, and I want my church to grow and I want more people to be reached, and, but I feel like I can't do much. Can you do what John did and say, go see Jesus? 
can you do what Andrew did? And, 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 and who are the Simon Peters in your life? Who would be open to an invitation? Can you do what Philip did? Now, I understand the fear. The fear is that you'll say to somebody like Nathaniel, let me tell you, you've got to go see Jesus. And he'll say, and they'll be skeptical. Why would I go see a Nazareth, someone from Nazareth? You know, you've got to be kidding me. But that's where we have to. And, 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 I've, and, and I suspect that Philip was not completely confident. I mean, he was probably a little bit fearful. How's Nathaniel going to respond? I sure hope Jesus doesn't let me down. So there was probably a little bit of trepidation, and yet there was enough confidence to be able to say, I've got to introduce you to Jesus. He is the Savior. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody finds life except through him. And then they come, they see Jesus, and their lives would be completely changed. So here's the question for you. Who will you invite to meet Jesus this week? Um, I've encouraged you in the past. Who are the five people that you are praying for every day? God, help me to reach out to this person. Help me to start a conversation. Make a list of 25 people that are in your relational sphere. Who are the Nathaniels and the Simons in your life? See, you don't have to find those people. God already has given you those people. You just have to be aware of the people that God has already given you. And the one you need to do, we have to pray. We have to be praying for these people. God, I, I can't do this. God, you have to provide the opportunity. And when the opportunity comes, Lord, you're going to have to give me the courage and you're going to have to give me the words. Help me to invite people into a conversation with Jesus. I don't know what that means. I don't know exactly what that is. But Lord, I know I want to in obedience to you. And then you trust. And he will. So here's the question for you today. I will dot, dot, dot. As you have listened to John chapter one, in a sense, the beginning of the church, as disciples, Jesus begins to make his disciples, very simple, very small. I will, very simple, very small. Will you make a list of five people that you are praying for every day? Will you make a list of 25 people? Because in those five people, maybe somebody's going to move. Maybe somebody comes to Christ. And it's like, okay, Lord, who else do you want me to reach? Um, maybe, there's, maybe something's going to happen with somebody else that you can't anticipate right now. And you're going to realize there's an opportunity that I, I, Lord, you've opened up my eyes to this opportunity. And so that list of five needs to be a list of 25 because you don't know who else God wants you to have your eyes open for to reach. I will make a list of five people, 10 people that I'm going to pray for every day. And I'm going to look for opportunities to say with John, behold the Lamb of God. Hey, can I tell you about Jesus? 
I'm going to look for opportunities like Andrew to say to a relative, somebody very close to you, hey, why don't you come to church with me? Hey, why don't you join me for the Bible study discussion that we're having? I, I think you'd be, I think you'd really get a lot out of this. Who is your Nathaniel that you're going to say, let me introduce you to Christ? And even though there's some skepticism and pushback, you're going to trust that Jesus will meet you there and take you all the way. I will. Heavenly Father, um, we want to make disciples. And I want to confess, we want to confess that for, for far too long, for many who have attended church, making disciples has been more theory than obedience. We have liked the idea. We've, we have imagined that we have organizationally been making disciples or that, you know, we've been glad when you have called the Phillips out there by yourself and we've been able to step in. Um, but Lord, we want you to use us on the front line. There are people this week, there are people in our lives that you have placed in our lives to reach so that we can walk with you in obedience, so we can grow in confidence in you, so we can experience your power in our lives. God, help us to have confidence in you and in Jesus, in your salvation, in your truth, confidence in your Holy Spirit to lead us and provide for us. We thank you for your patience. Now, Lord, we will obey you this week. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Humble beginnings, this church thing. But if God can do this through Andrew and Simon and Philip, he wants to do it through you and me in this generation as well. Let's pray for it. God to work.